Welcome to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. This show is where Dr. Jason Deitch and myself, Jeff Langmaid, give you a front row seat to our conversations with the current influencers, future leaders, and fantastic people involved in our profession. Hello, Smart Chiropractors, and welcome to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. I'm Dr. Jeff Langmaid, here with my co-host, Dr. Jason Deitch. Today, we have the opportunity to sit down and chat with a first-time guest and a longtime friend, Dr. Tabor Smith. Tabor, thanks for coming on and hanging out with us today. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor. It's an honor to be your friend, and it's an honor to be on the show. <laughs> oh, that, 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 is, that might be too kind, but thank you. <laughs> we certainly appreciate <laughs> it. <was there. laughs> so I have seen you traveling around the country. I want to get everybody up to speed with what you've been up to. You have been traveling around the country shooting interviews for a number of years. There's a film that came out and it ties into the spinal hygiene movement, which you have been teaching literally uh, around the world at this point in time, helping docs be more successful in practice by really having what I'm going to call a true patient-centric approach to care. For anybody that has not heard of the spinal hygiene movement, let's start right there. What is it? What is it? What does it mean? Let's start talking it down. Yeah, so... Uh, we created a, a, a feature-length documentary. It's actually, I can say, an award-winning documentary. Now we've uh, placed at several different film festivals for this movie uh, called A Better Way. And it's all about building an awareness uh, that I don't believe is out in the world, in our society, like it should be today. And that is that the taking care of the spine and nervous system matters, that it that it makes a difference. And we're seeing that in all the the sickness, the disease, the people that are suffering in today's society. They we're, we're seeing more suffering than ever before, but we're also seeing more spinal decay and degeneration at younger ages than ever before. And I don't believe that's a coincidence. Uh, I when I get to travel, if I speak to doctors, for instance, uh, one of the last talks I gave in Dallas was in front of 450 chiropractors, and I said, "Raise your hand if you're starting to see spinal degeneration." on x-rays in teenagers, the entire room raises their hand. And we're seeing these changes in, in people's spine at early ages, and that's causing, uh, and now according to the uh, Children's Health Defense, 54% of children have a chronic disease, 54%. And so uh, if, if it's true, what chiropractors believe that the nervous system it controls the function of the body. And if there's interference to the nervous system, the body will not function or heal the way it's designed to. If that's true, then no wonder we have all this suffering in our world. And so it's our job to build an awareness that's not there, just like dentistry did. That's the reason why we push the spinal hygiene movement and you know use so many dental analogies. In fact, I, I read a study. This was very interesting. There's only two times in human race that we know of uh, where we see changes in dental plaque and dental cavities. One, the first one was 10,000 years ago when we went from hunters and gatherers to farmers. We see the changes in in uh, in, in dental caries, right? And, and when we dig up remains of humans. We also see them back 200 years ago when industrialization came in and processed sugars became a staple of our diet, right? That is when we started to see tooth decay at younger and younger ages. If you're a dentist back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, your job was just to pull teeth, right? So then the, here comes Dr. Alfred Frohn's father of dental hygiene, who said, look, we've got to build awareness for dental care. People have got to start taking care of their teeth at home or else we're just going to keep pulling teeth, right? And now because they've done such a good job of building this awareness, it's in every single household they don't even have to do the job anymore. Parents are doing the job for them now because we're teaching our children how important it is to take care of their teeth. 
And if they don't take care of them, they won't have them, right? If they do take care of them, they'll have healthier teeth. And so that's what we're trying to do because I believe we're seeing that in, in the human race today in, in changes in decay and degeneration of the spine, similar to what dentistry saw in the late 1800s because of technology, increased screen time, uh, sedentary lifestyles. And now if you go back and you look at our spines and, and our skeletal structure compared to you know, two, 300 years ago, you're going to see a difference in, at, at younger ages. So it's our job, our responsibility as chiropractors to step up and share this Look, we see this in other areas of medicine all the time. They build awareness. We see awareness for breast cancer. We see awareness for, uh, you know, you name it. If we didn't know about it until there was a campaign to build awareness for it, right? And so that's what we're trying to do with the spinal hygiene movement is build an awareness that your spine is important enough to take care of. If your teeth are important enough to do something every day for and to have a, a, a professional that you go to to keep them healthy, then absolutely your spine is even more important than that, right? Haber, I love it. Um, let's start off with people who are watching and listening right now. Where should they go to watch that movie? Great. Yep. You can go to abetterwaymovie.com and you can actually watch the movie for free now on there, on that platform. Outstanding. We'll put links down below, but I want to make sure everybody's getting sort of the one-two punch that you've got going on here. And I mean that yeah. in a popular way. One is to create awareness with the movie, A Better Way. Go to the, go watch the movie. It's free. You've got no excuse. Correct. But two, you're not just sort of saying, hey, everyone, here's a good idea. You're also empowering chiropractors to literally give or offer yeah. the people that come to their practice right. the specific tools they need to really have self-care so that they start taking responsibility, sort of the brush your teeth component. Yes. To what it is that chiropractors offer as well. Would you break that down for us in more detail? Thank you so much for bringing that up. So it, I'll bet you there's not one person listening here that hasn't, when they go to the dentist, doesn't leave with a packet, right? A packet full of toothbrush, uh, uh, toothpaste, floss. And in fact, my dentist, you know, she sits down with me every time, you know, I go in for my cleaning. She comes in and she checks everything and she goes, are you flossing? Are you doing it properly? She's even said, show me how you do it. Okay, that's not, that's not exactly how you do it. Do it like this, right? Now, why would she teach me to take care of my teeth at home? Really, you would think that the, she'd want me to not take care of them so I'd have to come back more, right? See, dentistry has, they, they, have, uh, they understand a concept that if they build awareness for lifetime dental care, if they build a value, and I see that value as her patient, like, okay, my teeth are valuable. I'm going to invest my time into taking care of them. Then what happens is that patient becomes a lifetimer. And dentistry is the number one preventative healthcare profession in the world. They have more lifetime patients than any other healthcare profession because they've taught this. They've taken the time to educate and then give, put, give a responsibility back, right, to the patient. And so in chiropractic, so many times I, I have new patients that have never been to a chiropractor before and they see their x-rays and they're like, well, why did that happen? What caused that, you know? And that would be like me sitting in the cat in the in a dental chair saying, "Well, why do I have that cavity? You know, what what caused that?" And it, and then my dentist always puts that back on me. Are you brushing like you're supposed to? Are you flossing like you're supposed to? Maybe you need to visit our office a little bit more than because your teeth need that, right? And so, um, as as chiropractors, we should be taking that approach as well. Another aspect of that is that a a toothbrush and floss is non-prescriptive. 
meaning everyone in the family can practice it no matter what. And I think that's important. If you look at our products and the spinal hygiene movement's products, they're all non-prescriptive products. So, so let me give an example. If a new patient comes in and I take an x-ray of their spine, and let's say they have a real bad right lateral shift on their x-ray, I might prescribe an exercise, a corrective exercise for that patient. Let's say we prescribe a left reverse posture exercise for that patient. But that's a prescription, meaning I'm going to tell that patient, don't go share that with your spouse because I don't know if your spouse needs that exercise. You might actually mess up their spine if you're giving them that exercise. But that would be like a toothbrush that's like, okay, this is your toothbrush. Nobody else can use it, right? And so what instead, our exercises is the, the home care that our patients get. Those are non-prescriptive. So we say that there are three foundational principles of a healthy spine. This is the awareness that we're building for our patients, the patient education, if you will. There are three foundational principles I want every patient to understand. Number one, your spine should be in a certain alignment. This is not debatable. You can look all the way back to Leonardo da Vinci, one of the first people who actually uh, did cadaver studies. He drew the spine straight from the front, having natural curves from the side. Um, and so it, what we want and what we see in our office is that we lose those natural curves from the side most often, right? And so we help our patients to maintain that alignment with our spinal molding rolls. Then we have now, now we might correct subluxations in our office. I'll get to that for a second, but we want to them to maintain what we're correcting, right? At home. So that's the first principle was alignment. Second principle of a healthy spine is mobility or motion. And we all know that the spine should move through certain ranges of motion. They should move symmetrically, right? And so we have patients practice in what we call the ROM stretch. Every single day, taking their spine to its end range of motion, holding it in the stretch. If you, if patients, which I have many, don't go to the gym, they don't exercise. So what they probably do is they go to work, they sit in a chair all day long, right? And then in the evening, they drive home, then they grab something to eat and sit down on the couch for even longer, watch some shows, then they get up off the couch and go to bed and lay down. And then they do this all over again the next day. They might not have moved their spine to its end range of motion in years. And no wonder we're seeing decay. If we don't move it, we lose it. So we have to teach our patients to take that spine to its end range of motion. And, and, and that way they can maintain what they're getting in our office on a daily basis, right? The third aspect of a healthy spine is strength. And we all know that, that muscle tone, uh, muscle tension, uh, and even muscle fitness is important for a healthy spine. And so we want our patients to do spinal strengthening or paraspinal and core strengthening exercises as well, so that, that when we do set a proper alignment of the spine, their muscles are able to hold that. So we say there's three principles of a healthy spine, alignment, motion, and strength. Patients understand that, right? Now, I do tell them this, that look, just like you can't brush out a cavity, you can't brush out a subluxation either. It has to be detected and corrected by a board-certified chiropractor, and that's why you need to come to my office regularly. So just like your dentist checks you for cavities, we can check you for subluxations and be able to address those when we find them. That makes a lot of sense to me. One of the things that I have a question about, Tabor, and I think our listenership does as well, is we have a listenership that's super wide. We have docs that are sure. rehab-focused, docs that are sports-focused, vitalistic docs, mechanistic docs. When I take a look at a lot of the core principles uh, that are utilized within the spinal hygiene kit and really many of the exercises that are recommended to do at home, I'm going to let you correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, it's really non-denominational in terms of however you approach 
you know, chiropractic, as movement-based healthcare professionals, which we all are, everything that I have seen within the spinal hygiene kit and the movement and the exercise patterns seems to make a heck of a lot of sense, regardless of your focus, because for 99.9% .9 of us, we're upright bipeds walking under gravity. And regardless of how we approach right. the practical aspects of care, having patients do what would be considered, you know, proactive exercise at home just seems to make a lot of sense. Am I missing anything? Or is that the way you've approached this as well as you've built and constructed the program? That's a great point. So we have docs who use our spinal hygiene kits or give, you know, give them to patients and have those patients do these at home that use all different types of techniques. In fact, um, a good friend of mine, Dr. Lisa Olszewski, who practices in Detroit, Michigan, uh, she's an upper cervical doc. And yet, and and which is amazing, right? She gets amazing results and she has her patients do spinal hygiene exercises at home. And then she comes in and checks for upper cervical subluxations on their regular checkups, right? So um, no matter what the technique, that's the neat thing. If you agree that there's an alignment to the spine, if you agree that there's mobility that is an important aspect of a spine, uh, and if you believe that the muscles around the spine should be strong and fit, uh, then really that's why I say spinal hygiene is not necessarily chiropractic, right? I, I believe chiropractic should own it, but just like dental hygiene is not necessarily dentistry. In fact, I don't know any dentist that makes money selling toothbrushes unless they work for Crest or something like that, right? But yet they own dental hygiene. And that's an important fact. I believe it, I, I really hope we as a, as a profession can join together and kind of uh, own this concept of of spinal hygiene because if we don't, it's going to get bad enough someday. Medicine will step in and say, "Okay, we own spinal hygiene." And when they do that, there won't be a regular checkup schedule for chiropractic, you know, subluxations built into that. It, it would be like if medicine owned dental hygiene, uh, and dentists only owed owned cavity correction. Right? They they the two need to go together. And chiropractors need to be able to come together. And I believe if we do this, we could explode the profession of chiropractic. Let me give you a little bit of a statistic example here. All right. So I was reading a Time magazine. There was an article in Time magazine that said 97% uh, of Americans brush their teeth on a daily basis. Okay. Now, what that meant was to me was that 97% of Americans are aware that they should do something to take care of their teeth. Right. Now, that number, 97%, it translated to 50% of Americans who go to a dentist regularly. Now, it's not the whole 97% that brush their teeth, but that massive awareness drives 50% of them to a dentist, which makes it the larger or the second largest healthcare profession in the world, right? Now, let's look at chiropractic statistics. What percentage of people do you think do a spinal hygiene exercise on a regular basis? I can't count that low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever percentage of chiropractors, like 1%, it's all us, right? So so that means that shows me that there's no awareness that you, you should do anything to your spine to keep it healthy or to, or to address it. And that, that lack of awareness leads to what? 5% of people seeing a, a, a chiropractor maybe when they're in pain, right? But imagine what if we had those numbers? What if we were able to launch huge campaigns that built an awareness and 97% of Americans started to do a spinal hygiene exercise on a daily basis. And what if that drove 50% of them to go get checkups and at, at, at a chiropractic office regularly? We would not have enough chiropractors to be able to even support that. So I truly yeah, believe yeah. we could explode chiropractic if we could just build this awareness that you got to do something or your spine decays. 
just like any part of the body. If we don't take care of it, it, in fact, it's like anything, it's the chaos theory, right? If you don't change the oil in your car, it decays, it will break down. If you, it, anything that you don't upkeep will break down because every, it's entropy. Everything is, is becoming in less order, right? So the spine is no different. We have to do something to be able to take care of it, especially in today's day and age. 100% agree with you, Tabor, and uh, everybody listening and watching. Uh, if it's not already obvious, we love Tabor, support Tabor, support his mission, and really want you to get involved. Again, both watch the movie, but Tabor, in the last few minutes that we have left, would you break down the specific sort of the business model side of Correct. what the spinal hygiene movement is? What are the kits? How do doctors get them? Are they supposed to give them away, sell them, offer as part of their care package? Yeah. Do you do events bringing people in to learn about spinal hygiene first with the kit and then like teaching them the hygiene of their of their teeth and then those that have cavities or pain come in? How does that all work? I know we got a few minutes, but I want to make sure people not just don't just go, that's a good idea, but actually go, oh, well, I should go get those kits. I should start implementing this in my office and I should start being a beacon of light and teaching these people local in my community through my practice. Yes. Thank you for that question. I would, I would recommend everybody check out our products at spinalhygieneproducts.com. They're built with uh, patient education built into them. And, and, you know, we're good friends. We all are with Dr. Stephen Franson of The Remarkable Practice. And one of the things he says, he says, the key to patient retention is to create clarity around their treatment in your office. And that's what this uh, patient education does. It creates clarity around how do we take care of our spine? It's just like if you walk up to a stranger and you ask them, how do you take care of your teeth? It's very clear. Dentistry has done a great job of creating clarity. I brush, I floss, I visit a dentist regularly. Very clear. And so what we're doing with our patients is creating clarity around how do you take care of your spine properly? Well, you do these spinal hygiene exercises at home and you come in regularly for checkups in our office. It makes it very easy, very clear, which helps build uh, retention in your office because the number one reason patients drop out of care is because they just don't understand why they need to keep coming, right? And so when you show them that there are, is an epidemic of spinal degeneration and decay, and this is something that will help maintain and keep and if we don't do it, you're more likely to have to, um, to suffer with degeneration and decay. That gives them a really good reason to stay in your office and start to understand that, right? And so with our kits, uh, doctors will purchase the kits. They're about $50 uh, wholesale. And then we recommend building them into your care plan at a, about $100 to $120. Now, um, so you're, you're you know, getting a 60% return on your money there. Uh, and so a spinal hygiene kit should never cost you a dime. It should increase your per-visit average uh, by putting it into the plan. It should improve your patient education without you having to spend any more time doing it. Uh, it should then increase your, uh, your retention because you're creating clarity. And it can even increase compliance because the fact that people can easily understand these exercises. There's nothing that will put a wrench in the gear of compliance more than giving them this hour-long you know, workout exercise plan to do every single day that they don't really understand, right? Um, and so this is, it's simple, it's easy. The doctor can track it because the doctor knows what exercises the patients are doing. Uh, so when they come in, your table talk can be, hey, Mary, how are the exercises going? Do you have any questions? You know, it makes it so easy to implement. Uh, it's turnkey. And uh, and yeah, and to your other question, we do recommend, we have uh, an entire you know, a, cat, a catalog of resources that you can use. But one of the resources is PowerPoints and training on how to do your own workshops. 
Uh, we show people how to do in-office workshops on spinal hygiene and then also even web uh, online webinars, which are working great nowadays and make it super easy for you to do your workshops at home. You get to record the video, which then you get to post on all your social media platforms. Um, and so it helps the doc create more contact, which is no, something I know you love as well. All the right stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will, I'm going to close the can of worms before it opens because you just opened up all other can of can of worms that we could go down to uh, regarding <laughs> how to promote this, and maybe that's a great segue to to do a follow up episode in the not too distant future where we can talk about really those now that everybody listening and watching is clearly and cleanly aware of the importance of having this in their practice. We could talk about really the implementation steps. I think that would be great, and uh, your your insight working with hundreds of chiropractors around the world on this. And I know you've been working personally for years on the movie and then launching the movement. I absolutely love it. I know Jason does as well. Something that you'll appreciate is I actually have a meeting this weekend uh, with uh, Life University's research director, Dr. Stephanie Sullivan, and we're putting together a um, uh, outcome a assessment questionnaires for some of the doctors that are using these so that we can start building research on clinics that are using their new patients are starting to use the spinal hygiene protocols. I love it. Maybe we're going to have three three parts because we're going to have to get the answers to that once that study concludes for sure. Tabor, thank you so much for joining us today. Docs listening and watching, we're going to drop all of the links that we mentioned down in the show notes. Click on over, get involved, watch the movie, pick up a kit, use it yourself and for your family. Discover how that can unfold to help the people in your practice as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Tabor, for being a guest. Everybody listening and watching, thanks for being a chiropractor. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. Join us again next week for another episode and leave us a review when you have a moment. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Chiropractor. The Smart Chiropractor can deliver more new patients, better retention, and more consistent reactivations to your practice without spending any money on paid advertising. Learn more and get started today at thesmartchiropractor.com.